the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton, and uh, sitting up here enjoying this warm weather uh, as we as we move into uh, the, our different a different time of year for us, you know, where we don't mind being cold and we look forward to snow. Uh, I remember growing up uh, during December, during the, the Christmas season and uh, just, you know, everybody would say, Oh man, it's, it's not, it's not Christmas without snow. You know, it won't be, it's not a good Christmas without, and I, and I was like, I would say, yeah, we need snow. And I remember times when it was snow as late as Christmas night, you know, whatever. And all we were thinking about was going out to play some tackle football in the snow. That's what really we wanted to do. We wanted to play football in the snow. Uh, didn't think of it as as much as a as a holiday treat, but just was kind of conditioned to think that way. Not thinking that people in Jamaica or Texas <laughs> don't ever have a good Christmas because they don't get no snow. Uh, and so, and what really makes a good Christmas? You know, what I mean, what makes a good Christmas? And a lot of times, you know, it's like, did you people ask you, did you get what you wanted? Uh, you know, that makes a good Christmas to get to get what you want, you know. And uh, and so, you know, when you're looking at what you have to do and, and where you need to go uh, during this holiday to make it a good Christmas. You know, I want to start off with uh, Isaiah chapter nine, of course, verses six through seven. And uh, and which which foretells the birth of Christ. It says this will happen. And this is. Um, you know, that the great war will come and the enemy will be punished and everything will be taken away. And said, this will happen when the special child is born. God will give us a son who will be responsible for leading the people. His name will be Wonderful Counselor, Powerful God, Father who lives forever, Prince of Peace. His power will continue to grow and there will be peace without end. This will establish him as a king sitting on David's throne and ruling his kingdom. He will rule with goodness and justice forever and ever. The strong love that the Lord all-powerful has for his people will make this happen. Man, that that section of scripture was read a lot, uh, was studied a lot. And and then it, it told of the birth of the Messiah. Uh, and they were looking for the Messiah and that he would bring uh, peace without end. And he will take his seat upon King David's throne. He will rule with goodness and justice. And and God's love for his people will make all this happen. So they were looking for a king, a warrior. Because if you read in the previous verses, it says, 
God will make the nation grow and you will make the people happy. They will rejoice in your presence as they do at harvest time. It will be like the joy when people take their share of things that won in a war. That will, ha- that will happen because you will lift the heavy yoke off their shoulders and take away their heavy burden. You will take away the rod that the enemy used to punish your people as you did when you defeated Midian. That That's verses three, three and four. Now, so they're looking for a king that will not only uh, take David's throne and rule with justice and goodness, but will set them free. And they were under the heavy yoke of burden of the enemy. And that enemy at the time happened to be uh, the Roman Empire. And they were looking for uh, a Messiah that will come set them free. And it's easy to see as you read this passage of scripture that that uh, that's what the Messiah is going to do. He's going to come and set them free. And this didn't happen in the natural because they were still under Roman rule for a long, long time. But it did happen in the spirit, in the spiritual realm. They were given the opportunity to be free. And we know that, as Paul said, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And it doesn't matter whether you have a master or don't have a master or whether you run your own nation or not. God brings you into his kingdom and then you become no longer of this world and you you get to uh, walk in freedom. You know, though your though your outside circumstances may not look it, but your inside circumstances, God brings a joy and a sense of freedom that is just unconquerable. You know, I remember when I first uh, came to the Lord and, and I was having some strong feelings, man. I had some strong feelings um, to slide back into what I was in before. And I was around it. Um, the place where I stayed, I stayed with my buddies. Uh, you know, every night they were getting high, running women in and out the house. Um, you know, I'd be sitting in my room uh, just praying, feeling like a isolated victim. And, uh, and I just kept praying. You know what I mean? I just kept praying. But even though on the outside, you know, those things were going on in the inside, man, I was free. <laughs> I was free. I would get in that room with my Bible and my little prayer list. And then I would just let go, you know, because, you know, Jesus had, he had set me free. I wasn't free from the outside thing, the influences that was there. And I could have easily uh, went back into those, you know, some people, matter of fact, a lot of people were afraid I would backslide because I was around, you know, just the guys that I was around and what I was doing. But man, I was free. You know, I, I was free. And, you know, not everybody sees the Messiah uh, in the same way. I mean, people were looking for, um, like Judas and a couple others, were looking for that king that would come and set them free. And they they thought Jesus would be dead. Even, at, even at, just before he ascended, you know, they said, you know, hey, you know, when we're okay, okay, we, we got you. We know you're the Messiah. When, uh, you know, when we going to get set free? You know, when would this thing manifest itself in the natural? And they still didn't quite understand, you know, what the Messiah came here to establish. You know, the, the rule that he was establishing was not a rule that would be with the with the earthly throne, but it was a rule that would rule in the spiritual realm that would allow them to function and move as they did. But, you know, the good thing of it is, is that, that not everyone saw it that way. And, and what I mean by that is if you go to Psalms, go to Psalms, uh, 19 1 and then you have I'm gonna read uh, 19 1 through 4 uh, that's what I'm gonna need I'm gonna, let, me, let me flip over I'm not doing electronic today I'm doing manual today I don't want to be in my electronic Bible I have a, a protest march but uh, 
Psalms 19, verses 1 through 4. The heavens, the heavens tell about the glory of God. The skies announce that his hand, what his hands have made. Each new day tells more of the story, and each night reveals more and more about God's power. You cannot hear them say anything. They don't make any sound we can hear, but their message goes throughout the world. Their teaching te- reaches the ends of the earth. The, uh, uh, King James says the firmament tells of his glory. And, and, and in that, there was a group of men because they understood the stars and they understood the Hebrew scriptures. When they saw a certain star appear in the sky, they knew it was no normal star. They knew that it was it was the star that was announcing the birth of the Messiah. Now, Scripture doesn't go into how they knew this. Uh, You know, some speculate that they may have studied with Daniel uh, since Daniel was the head of the astrologers and magic users. You know, but these magi uh, came from, you know, the, the east and they came over there, and some say Yemen, some say Ethiopia, some say Arabia, Iran, whatever. But we just all we know is east, and they come bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, myrrh, for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And they they traveled a ways, you know. And we all know kings don't travel light, you know. And it was kings, it was plural, so you know they had plenty of servants, plenty of soldiers. So there was a big entourage that was traveling and that was looking. And, and and they came looking for the Messiah, right? They they weren't expecting to find a ruler as according to Isaiah 6, you know what I mean? But they, they were just expect, expecting to find a king, and they were bringing the gifts that God told them to bring. You know, there's a lot of, lot of uh, speculations and allegories about the gifts that he brought, but I know they sure was glad to get some of that gold. You know what I mean? To, to be living in Bethlehem away from their hometown, and then to be told by God to go into Egypt, it was good that, you know, God made a way and uh, for his son to provide for the family and his son. And so you had these wise men who, who came looking for the Messiah. And, you know, in our day and age today, uh, you know, we need some wise men. You know, we've allowed uh, our celebration about the birth of Christ to become so commercialized that most of our children don't even really, really know. Uh, what it is, you know, what I mean, you know, they they know Black Friday better than they know Manger or 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 or, or Magi or anything like that. And I'm speaking for my own family as I look at what goes on and, and uh, just having a conversation with my my younger ones. You know, and most of my grandkids understand what what Christmas is was really about. You know, what I mean, and uh, but you know, you always got a got a, a couple families that are just so happy. And I understand the the, the temptation you want to see your kids with a smile on their face. And so you, you know, you want to just decorate your house and do all these other things. And, and those things are fine. And, and as you always hear me say that uh tradition is okay, as long as it doesn't override scripture and, you know, and you get in there and you get to understanding what happened, you know, in, in my household, as I've said before on the show, when we get together, we, we enjoy a meal together. Uh, we reflect on, on what this day really is about, you know, and, and, and it's not we understand it's just a celebration of the birth of Christ. No one knows exactly when he was born. And uh, and so and we don't celebrate as a celebration. We just reflect upon the scriptures and what they and what they say. And we try to bless somebody else along the way that they may have a good time. Because some people are so convinced that if they don't that a good Christmas to them 
is gifts for everybody, food for everybody, and everything like that, and not necessarily a meeting with the Savior. These Magi traveled a long, long way, and as they traveled this long way, they were not expecting to be rewarded. They were expecting to give, right? And they were expecting to give, and they wanted to bless the Messiah. They wanted to bless the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And, you know, and, and we too need to bless the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And, and and one thing that he just desires of us is for us to love him. And he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So make making an effort to obey God and obey the call of God upon our life is one, one of the greatest gifts that we can ever give uh, the Messiah. You know, but he also told us that he said, if you do it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so another gift that we can always give is to give to those, you know, lesser than us. You know, sometimes the celebrations get elaborate. And I love lights. Man, lights always kept me. I, I just love lights, period. I used to keep my Christmas tree up until April. You know, I would just keep putting sugar in the bottom of that mug, man. That mug keep on living. And every night I sit in front of that thing with the lights on and I reflect upon the light. Never reflecting upon Christ. Never reflecting upon his birth. But, you know, when you have a, when your life is in turmoil, you tend to go back to things that you had a good memory of. And, uh, and this time of year was always a good memory for me until my parents got a divorce. When my parents got a divorce, uh, no longer was there a beautiful tree sitting up there and presents up under the tree. Uh, it was my mother, uh, working overtime and taking shifts that nobody else wanted to take. And, uh, and, and she will put up a tree, you know, a little, we had a little silver aluminum tree and one of them lights that, that turned colors and made the tree turn color. And we had that. And, uh, and you know, it wasn't as special of a day as it was, you know, earlier in my life, but it still was a time. It's a time of year where people are in a giving spirit and the atmosphere is totally different. And it's just, it's, 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 it's encouraging, right? Cause people are, if they're not even decorating their homes to look bright and light, they're out shopping, they're buying things for people. Uh, they're mailing out. People still mail out Christmas cards. You know, <laughs> people still mail out U.S. mail and still gets a job there. Now, I ain't getting no Christmas emails, but I got, I'm still getting Christmas cards. And it just brings joy. And, and I'm always captivated by this thing that, that, that what if we just celebrated Jesus every day. If you had that kind of the giving spirit going on every day that nonprofits uh, wouldn't wouldn't have to wouldn't have to wait until December to meet their budget. Uh, you know, churches, you know, wouldn't see a, a full pew until Christmas Eve. Uh, you know, people just out being nice to one another and kind to one another and, and helping out. What did that happen every day? Really, that's what that's what Jesus wants to see happen. That's what the Messiah wants to see happen. That's what he wants to see going in our life. He wants to see us live in existence, you know, a daily existence of acknowledging him and how we acknowledge him is, is by serving, is by giving, is by looking out for the least of these and also worshiping him and, and as the king of kings and Lord of lords. That's what I liked about the wise men. They came out of their position of highness and they came and they worshiped the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, others didn't quite understand it. They didn't know what it was. They debated it uh, as the way it was to be born later on. And, uh, and, and, but they, they came to worship him. 
They could have easily came and asked to be worshipped, but they didn't. And also about these wise men that I find interesting is that they knew the voice of God. When they were spoken to in a dream not to go back to Herod, they didn't go back to him. You know, they, they still listen as they embark. Listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. And we're here just talking about the holidays and uh, talking about the birth of Christ. Merry Christmas, baby, you sure did treat me nice. Give me all those presents, you like out in paradise. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities, emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Mission Minneapolis. Throw out that old beaver and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 980 The Mission Bible Teachers and Ministries with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Welcome back to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton, uh, and here just reflecting on on the holidays uh, and talking about the wise men and how they saw saw Jesus. And, and others were looking for, even with the Messiah, still looking for someone to come in and to set them free from Roman rule. But the Magi came in just to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And uh, as we honor him daily in our lives, you know, things that, that are so prevalent during this season, uh, the giving, uh, the sharing, uh, the encouragement that goes on, uh, man, we, we need, we need, we need to have that year round, you know what I mean? Cause also during this time of the year, as most people know, it's, it's a high time for depression, uh, suicide, because some people don't experience that joy. It's not shared, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they're, they're, they don't have that, family to go to they don't have or they may feel displaced from that family from decisions that they've made things that they've done and uh and so there are people out here who are, are hurting who are in search of a good christmas you know what i mean for whatever that may be a good christmas and i I just think it's just our duty to to come in and help encourage them and and lay out for them uh the things that our savior taught us to do uh to share with them in prayer uh, to share our resources, uh, to serve them, uh, and to try to get them past past that 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 hump that that's there. You know, I, I remember one time I we helped out uh, this guy. He's an older guy, and uh, he had been displaced from his family because of some decisions he made to run the street, never raising his kids, and then now he's at his old age, and and uh, he was, you know, uh, regretting that. And he came to the Lord. He came to the Lord, man. He was sixty. 60 years old when he came to the Lord 
And uh, and so in the process of mentoring and stuff like that, you know, we got to talking and I found out that I went to school with his uh, his son and daughter. And uh, and so we just got to talking and we became close. And uh, and then he just became like a part of our family. My kids, they were young at the time. I think like, like four and three years old and uh, and, and one. And they just loved him. And he was like a grandpa to him. They would always say, when's he coming over for dinner? So we invite him over for dinner. You know, once a month we have him over for dinner and they run around and, you know, do what little four and three or one year old do run to you, run away, come get, show you all their toys. And, uh, and man, it just brought a light of encouragement to him. And he was just saying how, you know, he missed the fact that he didn't participate with his kids because, you know, he was out there, you know, partying and doing things in the street. And uh, he let his grand, he let his parents raise them, and uh, and not him, and because he had him when he was young, and then uh, he wished to, to to change those days. But God gave him a chance to be uh, a, a grandfather, you know, to to my children, you know, because my father had passed away, and so in the midst of us serving him, he in turn served us, and and I just want to encourage you out there uh, today is that don't get so caught up. And, and how to make your household experience a good Christmas that you don't see the need for others to know the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about buying nobody Christmas trees or presents or anything like that. I'm talking about sharing your time, sharing your presence, you know, with someone. And imagine I could have easily sent the caravan over there to deliver the gifts, but they came themselves. They left their kingdoms. They left, they left him and came across because, you know, this was a high honor. This was the Messiah. You know what I mean? You can't just send your entourage to the Messiah. You know, kings talk to kings. Number ones deal with number ones. And and they came. And and so we in turn, you know, it's good that we write those checks to Salvation Army, uh, you know, whatever, whoever else we may give to. But you know what? Man, people need the touch that comes from other human beings who've been anointed by the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, just spend time with them, just to talk with them and, and, and to, you know, to take time away from whatever you may be doing uh, around the house, not your family, but I mean, you can take your family with you and do family on family things, you know what I mean? But, but to make it a part of your day that, that, that you're going to spend time with somebody, spend time with somebody in your family, spend time with somebody uh, in your neighborhood, your job, you know, and get them a brief, just get them a touch, you know, not trying to sell them nothing, not trying to invite them to church, you know what I mean? But just to let them enjoy your presence and find out what their needs are and in turn go and meet those needs. You know, I, I, I look at evangelism in a whole different way now that I'm, that I'm, that I'm older. You know, I don't get upset when somebody doesn't come to church with me. I don't get upset when somebody doesn't uh, want to pray the sinner's prayer with me. You know, my main thing is, can I change their position? You know, if they were a negative seven, can I get them to a negative five? You know what I mean? Then maybe next time get them to a negative three and work my way to get them to salvation. You know what I mean? If they just barely say, can I, can I do something to increase their faith, to increase their position, their knowledge, their things in the Lord? Can I do something? Can I do something? You know, that's how I look at it. You know, whether it's keeping a stack of Bibles at my house and handing out new Bibles to people, you know, or different other books that I may feel be an encouragement. You know, like I do with married couples when they get married, I 
I give them uh, a book and a workbook, you know, not to, not just because they go to premarital counseling with me. I give them that to work through on their own to give them something to do, you know, on their own to grow on their own. Because, you know, you if you invest time in your investments and invest time in your job, you should invest time in your marriage. And uh, and so I like starting people out on that road to invest in their marriage. So whatever we can do, you know, what I mean, and let's not be limited by the holidays. And then when the holidays wear off, when everybody's broke in January, looking sad, you know, and, and can't rub two nickels together, take them out for some coffee. You know, what I mean, and share the goodness of God with them, you know, and what and what you're going to do, you know, and, and then we will see our world change to a better place. We then we will see. Peace without end. You know, we might can't control peace when it comes to the wars and the rumors of war, but we can control the peace within our hearts and we can share that peace with others that they can be in peace. That No matter what storm they're going through, they can be at peace and they can have this peace that is without end. Thank you so much for listening to me. This is Pastor Joe Sutton with uh, Isaiah 61. Uh, have a good trip. Uh, pray for me and my family this week as we uh, go off on a uh, on our annual little retreat to sit down and discuss family business and discuss things and have fun together. Uh, so that's it. Love you in Jesus name. Bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.